songbirds out there, welcome to One Good Thing on Tailfeather. I'm Nick Crutchfield, your host. Uh, last week, we had the fortunate opportunity to have Noah Villanueva with us on um, episode number two. So la- last week, we talked about a lot of things with uh, Noah in accordance with the UK and the US. Uh, some of the things we covered were menus, systems, um, the state of the union, essentially, inside of the UK and the, the EU and the US, uh, what his responsibilities are moving forward with his new position, and so forth. If I had to pick one thing to concentrate on this week, it's going to be the expectations that have been set uh, moving forward for the both the no and the low alcohol movements. And again, those two things are separate. Uh, though they tend to kind of flow together towards the same um, mission, meaning moderation and consumption. Um, inside Noah's answers in, in the interview, uh, he touched on how important menus are, and I can't stress this enough. If you're an operator out there and you are uh, trying to reestablish or maybe even establish because you're new, uh, a customer base, uh, you want to be inclusive with your hospitality, you want to generate as much uh, revenue as you possibly can. Uh, one of the most easy things that you can possibly do, uh, and if you feel uncomfortable doing this, there are plenty of people in your town and in your city that can help you with this. One of the easiest things you can do is to build a menu. And why is this easy? Why is it important? Well, the menu conveys the ideas of the restaurant to the general public first and foremost. You look at a menu, you can tell what kind of food they serve, which usually will coincide with kind of drinks they serve. Um, you can look at the beer, the wine, the liquor, the non-alcoholic sections, and get a real feel for what the ownership or the owner or the group is trying to connect to the community and vice versa. So why is the menu important for the no and low alcohol segments? Uh, going back to that word, inclusive hospitality, or that phrase, inclusive hospitality. When we look at inclusivity, we it's the absolute antithesis of exclusive, right? We're not leaving anybody out. We want to make sure we get as many people comfortable and f- uh, feeling invited into the spaces that we're providing to uh, enact community. So a no and a low alcohol section on a menu or two different sections on a menu even, and I realize that menu space is, is golden, um, helps people connect to you because they feel seen. And that's the main mission right now, right? Change how the world drinks, but do it in a way where people feel seen, they feel heard, and they feel included. Even that one degree of separation when you're out with your friends can feel very often odd. It's something that kind of eats at the core of a person. So having a menu um, allows the non-drinkers or maybe the people that want sessionable drinks to look at a menu and go, oh, well, they have a Liars Amaretti Sour. I like sour drinks. I'm going to try one of those. 75% less calories on top of it. Even better. Uh, they have a Liars Amalfi Spritz RTD. Oh, I can take this out on the deck, pour it over ice, throw an orange in it, and it's a wonderful, nice Mediterranean aperitivi kind of drink, right? Super easy fixes for menus that are non-alcoholic. And if I wanted to spice it up a little bit, um, maybe I add some limoncello to the Amalfi spritz and throw some blueberries in it. And then I've got something that's very Capri-like and it, it's, it's still fun. It's still sessionable. 
and I'm not going to feel horrible the next day. So I think menus are pretty important uh, because of that. And what I love about that Noah touched on in this episode was uh, how expected they are now. Um, if you look back at the vegetarian and the vegan movements back 15, 18 years ago, uh, you know, my, my partner was a vegetarian slash vegan at that point. And I remember going into restaurants and for, and out of respect for her, I would eat vegetarian with her very, very often. Um, and I remember going into restaurants and just being like, Oh God, there's like one or two dishes that aren't salads. And yeah, you feel heard or, or seen because you got those couple of things, but now it's a completely different world, right? And you can go in and you expect, you know, if you see a menu that's got 20 items on it, you can expect at least four of them are going to be vegetarian or can at least be made vegetarian. And that's kind of the same path that uh, the no alcohol movement is taking is that that kind of very, like, the expectation is set. Now I'm, I'm going to go into a place I'm going to expect at least one non-alcoholic beer, maybe even two, uh, preferably a couple to choose from. I'm going to expect at least two or three non-alcoholic cocktails. And that gives me variety to work with. And as Noah stated in uh, last week's episode, uh, wine is becoming better. And the non-alcoholic wine and the non-alcoholic ciders are becoming better and more readily available. So I think that's something that we'll see moving forward. Flyers makes an amazing Clasco that um, uh, mimics a Prosecco, and it's it's absolutely stellar. It's actually what sold me on coming to work for the company. Um, now, having said all of that, um, I think it's pretty cool that the the populace has chosen to do this and chosen to ask for it enough that that menus are becoming more systematic, uh, more inclusive and opening up doors for a lot of uh, operators to generate more income. Yeah, those expectations are there, uh, and that also opens up other options. You can do really fun pairing dinners uh, for no-alcohol and low-alcohol beverages, and honestly, if you're doing a seven-course dinner, having that many full-strength traditional cocktails is going to be a bit much, especially when it comes to client safety and getting to and from a place safely. So maybe hop on that low-alcohol train. Uh, we talked about low ABV drinks quite a bit on the episode, and I do want to touch on how that's starting to evolve. Uh, and I'm going to use IPAs or maybe Imperial Imperial beers in general uh, as a discussion point here, because if I, I'm a huge beer nerd. I love anything fermented, really, beer, wine, cider, so forth. Um, if you think back to, like, 2009, 2010, maybe 11, when all the imperial imperial beers started coming out and we started seeing stouts that had like a 12% ABV and we saw IPAs that were like 13 or 14% and barley wines that were even higher, like some were even stronger than port. And we're drinking a 12-ounce, 10-ounce, 9-ounce bottle of this. That's like half a bottle of uh, fortified wine. Um, what we saw are people drinking fewer beers and getting schnockered doing it, Right. So a good IPA started coming out with sessionable IPAs at three and a half percent, which is just a little bit lower than actually like light beer is like the light micro beers. And I think that you'll, you'll find that the low alcohol movement is starting to, to gear itself towards that. You can have your traditional drinks. We're not trying to take any of that away, but to be able to sub in a non-alcoholic 
products. So maybe like the, the orange sack for triple sack or the agave for traditional tequila and a margarita. Like you're, you're changing the scope of what the low ABV can be. And when you look at a traditional margarita, it's going to be anywhere from 24 to we'll say 30% ABV, depending on the type of tequila you use and type of margarita that you make. And if you can knock that down by 50%, uh, you're making it more sessionable. And if you can knock it down by 75%, you're, you're knocking a ton of caloric value out of it. You're still getting the, the, the satisfaction of uh, some your favorite spirit or modifier or whatever it is you're using to build that, that margarita. Um, and I think that the low AB, low ABV movement uh, is going to start to kind of evolve along the same lines as the non-alc has and along the same lines that the vegan have, making things more sessionable, inclusive hospitality, making sure that everyone is seen, everyone is heard, and everyone has an option at your bar. I uh, do want to thank my sponsors at Liars Non-Alcoholic for sponsoring season number one. Uh, we will see you next week for our third episode of Tail Feather. Until then, happy flying, people.